Matt Schaff and Jared Small of DraftSharks.com here to run you through the top waiver wire options heading into week six of the fantasy football season. And Jared, this one got a lot more interesting over the past few days because we've got some key injuries that are going to leave a lot more fantasy managers with holes to fill, looking for production as soon as week six and maybe beyond that. Let's start at wide receiver because Justin Jefferson, there can't be a bigger loss than the guy who was the number one pick in just about every draft. He's going to be out at least four weeks. He's expected to hit IR this week. So that means at least four games. And we'll see beyond that. It wasn't even like after four games, he'll be ready. It's like he's going to be out at least four. And then we're going to see how his hamstring is healing. So it's clearly a pretty significant one. The first wide receiver we're going to talk about for anybody needing to replace him is Josh Downs from the Colts. What do you think of the rookie? He's had wide receiver 32 and wide receiver 18 finishes among the last three weeks. The wide receiver 32 finish came in that Gardner Minshew start against the Ravens. And, and Downs has seen 24% of Gardner Minshew's passes across you know Minshew's what? three appearances, basically one full game, about half of two other games. So strong target share for Josh Downs, who is, you know, Pretty, pretty clearly emerged as the number two wide receiver in that passing game. The Colts remain a fast-paced offense. They are still uh, first in neutral pace. And I do think we're going to see them pass a bit more with Minshew under center. I think Minshew at this point in their careers is, is better for these Colts pass catchers than Richardson would be. So Downs is looking like someone you can use as, as a wide receiver three going forward at this point, I think. Downs, interestingly, has a shorter average target depth than Michael Pittman, but is ahead of Pittman in both yards before catch and yards after catch per reception. So he's been efficient in what he's gotten so far. 19.8% target share, 21.5% of the team's receptions, 22.6% of the team's receiving yards. So good shares through the first five games, I agree, should be fairly heavily involved. Certainly not a must start, but somebody who could be a wide receiver four going forward could commonly sneak into wide receiver three territory. So helpful range, not savior range by any means in Minnesota, the injury to Justin Jefferson shuffles everything. Like I'm wondering if they're actually going to end up throwing the ball less. I would think that they would cut it down at least a little bit when you lose arguably the best wide receiver in the league. But at the very least, we know lots of targets are available and KJ Osborne's probably set to benefit as much as anyone. Like if anybody's watching this is like, what about Jordan Addison? Shouldn't I pick him up? Yeah. If he's available in your league, yes, you should pick him up. And you should also tell your commissioner to get rid of positional limits and let everybody have more than four wide receivers at a time. But Jared, KJ Osborne's available in a lot more fantasy leagues this week. So what's the outlook for him? I think you're right. There's going to be wide-ranging impacts to this Vikings offense without Justin Jefferson. The Vikings are first in pass attempts, first in pass rate, and first in neutral pass rate through the first five weeks of the season. So, yeah, they're going to pass us. I still don't think it's going to be a huge shift because the running game is bad. And, I mean, even without Justin Jefferson, I think the strength of that offense is Addison and TJ Hawkinson. I'm not going to call K.J. Osborne a strength of anything. He has been really bad this season. 0.82 yards per route run. That's 64th among 66 qualifiers. He's 65th among those 66 wide receivers in pro football focus receiving grade. This basically reminds me of Josh Palmer. I I actually think, I think Osborne's a worse player than Josh Palmer. I think he has more target share upside because there's no Keenan Allen in Minnesota. I'm not super excited about Osborne. I do think he's going to be a guy who's probably going to get six to eight targets per week by, by default, as long as Jefferson's out. So, you know, that he's useful to some extent, but I mean, I, I think Addison and Hawkinson are going to be, you know, the, the big winners from Jefferson's absence. 
Osborne, five catches, nine targets, 49 yards in that game that Jefferson left early. All three of those are highs for the season, which shows you the volume upside that's there. And it also shows you the limited yardage you should expect from him. So similar category to Josh Downs in that he's going to be he, he's potentially helpful. He's not going to win you anything in particular. And there's less explosiveness to KJ Osborne than there is to Josh Downs. Final receiver we're going to talk about is Michael Gallup, unaffected obviously by the Justin Jefferson thing, but he's been doing pretty well on targets lately. He actually has seen as many targets as CD lamb over the past three weeks, which I think says more about the Cowboys failures and getting the ball to their best wide receiver over that span than it does Gallup. But it at least means that Gallup is outperforming Brandon cooks in usage lately. Uh, he has been a fringe wide receiver three in PPR scoring over that span with no touchdown. So at the very least, I think Michael Gallup could help you this week against the Chargers. Yeah, agreed there. I think Gallup has definitely become the better fantasy option than Brandon Cooks, who, man, I hate to say it because I, I I've loved Cooks since he come in, since he's come into the league. He, I think he's just just about done at this point. I mean, he's just been awful so far this season. He has an even lower yards per route run than, than KJ Osborne does. So I, I think Gallup's going to be Dallas's number two wide receiver the rest of the way. I have some concerns with that offense. It's been disappointing. The Cowboys in general remain a tough offense to project because they have played like one normal game so far. That Cardinals game was like kind of normal, right? But every other game the Cowboys have played, they've either gotten crushed or crushed the opponent and really ended up like pulling starters late in the game. So um, this, the scheduling does look pretty solid going forward, starting with this uh, week's game against the Chargers. So I do think, again, you know, Gallup, he's been around 18% of the targets over the last three weeks. That's kind of what he's been throughout his career, which, you know, is enough to make him like, you know, a fringy wide receiver three or a pretty solid wide receiver four. And that shows you how wacky their season's been so far when their most normal game is when they got beat <laughs> by Josh Dobbs. Let's right. switch to running back now where people who have been enjoying Devon Achan through the first, I don't know, three weeks of his um, relevance. Now we're going to lose him for multiple games. We don't know as we're speaking if he's going to land on IR, but they're at least considering that. So that says at least probably three games for the rookie. Fortunately, we might be able to find help in that very backfield. And it's somebody that we loved in the summer until he landed on IR heading into the season. Jeff Wilson Jr. We're waiting to see if he's going to practice this week. It seems like it's at least close, if not imminent, though. His agent seems to think he's he's ready to go. Um, you know, Miami has been uh, um, you know a bit less committed to Wilson being ready. Um, Adam Schefter did, did say. Uh, this morning that you know Wilson's going to be activated and he's at least going to practice this week. We'll see if he's ready to play, but we've said multiple times on this show that Wilson is someone who should have remained stashed. And this is exactly why if either HN or Moster went down, Wilson was going to be exciting because of, of this offense. Um, so we'll see. He's definitely worth stashing. I think he's the top waiver wire at this week. I, I still think Salvan Ahmed is worth adding to in most fantasy leagues, just because we don't know about Wilson. We don't know how long Achan is going to be out. Raheem Mostert is 31 years old and has only twice played more than 11 games in a season. So, again, just any piece of this Dolphins offense I think is worth um, stashing. Yeah, I won't argue with grabbing Salvin Ahmed if you have a spot and you need some running back help to stash. I would not take him this week over Imari DiMercato, and that's the pronunciation according to the pro football reference key. So I'm going to go with that. He looks like the... Our lead is a strong word. He looks like the best bet for the most touches in the Arizona backfield heading into week six. He ran for 45 yards and a touchdown on 10 carries in last week's game that James Conner left with a knee injury. We've now learned that James Conner is going to miss multiple games. He's a candidate for IR, so probably at least three, probably looking at four there. 
We did not have Keontae Ingram either the past two weeks dealing with a neck injury. So we're going to see if he's ready for week six. The Cardinals did claim Tony Jones Jr. off of waivers from the Saints to be another body at the position. But there's at least some speed to like here, Jared. 215 pounds, 44940. So that gives him an 83rd percentile speed score in Demarcado. What do you think? Yeah, that that you know, the size speed combo is one thing to like. Demarcado is probably a jag. I mean, he's, he's probably nothing special, right? I mean, he spent five years at TCU and you know, never, never came close to breaking out. But like you said, he he's he has enough size. He has nice speed. The other positives to me, you know, we, we've talked about this Arizona offense is not a disaster. It's actually, actually been, you know, serviceable so far. Their run game, Arizona is sixth in rush offense DVOA through five weeks. They're 14th in adjusted line yards. So, you know, the running game has has been a, a good spot, you know, for, for fantasy production in this offense. And then the other thing with DeMarcado he had already been playing on passing downs. I think we, we talked about that on a recent show that he'd been stealing some passing down snaps from James Conner. So, you know, he has four catches on seven targets over the last two games with Conner playing, you know, one and a half of those games. So I think if nothing else, DeMarcado is going to be the pass catching guy in this backfield. And that makes him the best bet. He He's sitting uh, in running back three territory in our uh, initial week six rankings. And that's assuming Keontae Ingram is going to be back for this one, which, you know, we obviously don't know. So, you know, DeMarcado could even, you know, jump, you know, into the top 25 if Ingram ends up sitting. So you know, again, that, that's, that's kind of where we're at at running back right now. Um, you know, DeMarcado is, is going to be a, a starter, I think in, in most fantasy leagues this week. Yeah. And if you look at our adjusted fantasy points allowed, it looks like the Rams are a bad scoring matchup for running back second worst on this week's slate, but they're 26th in overall defensive DVOA. They're 22nd in run defense DVOA. So I think that's probably just more bad luck for their opponents or their opponents happening to score points in different ways. I don't think it's actually a negative matchup. So I would say at the very least, DeMarcado makes sense as a week six fill-in if you're suddenly in need, either because of bye weeks or injury or whatever. He's he's worth a look at least this week. And then I guess we'll see how this week goes and kind of project him beyond that. Tony Jones is, I mean, I think he's one of the worst running backs in the NFL, honestly. Um, and then Keontae Ingram has shown absolutely nothing over you know his short career so far. So plenty of opportunity for DeMarcado, even if he's, you know, just okay to, you know, kind of claim a pretty big share of the backfield. Yeah, he did have 40 receptions in college, did not have anything special production wise. You know, you would like to say, yeah, but he w- he had to play with Zach Evans and played with <laughs> Kendra Miller at TCU. If you don't emerge ahead of those guys in college, then the chances of you being special in the NFL are not very good either. So, you know, we'll see what he's got. Let's close this out with a streaming defense, Jared. And I think it's not a very good week to look for streaming defenses. If anything, the options this week are a vote in favor of trying to look further ahead than one week and trying to lock down your option before you're fighting everybody for that defense on waivers. Like if you got Detroit ahead of last week, you're in good shape, but if you are looking for one this week, who would you recommend? I was checking this morning. Kansas city is still available in um, about half of sleeper leagues. And, you know, that's they, just, that's just an improved defense. Um, they're up to 11th in defensive DVOA and they are, 10 and a half point home favorites against Russell Wilson and the Broncos who are, you know, again, on the road on a short week on, on Thursday night. So I think Kansas city is the best bet if they're available outside of that. I mean, you're starting mediocre to bad defenses in good matchups. I think Atlanta gets Washington. Washington is dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to defenses. They're providing a 178% boost to defensive scoring so far. Even the bears racked up uh, five sacks against Washington 
last Thursday night. So I think Atlanta is okay. And then um, next option for me would be Miami, who you know is is not a good defense, but they get Carolina, um, who is 26th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to defenses. Panthers have a 17 and a half point implied total. That's third lowest on the week. I'm more wary of Atlanta against Washington because I think Washington's more capable of scoring points than Carolina is, but there's certainly upside to both of those. I like Jacksonville this week. I know that there's some downside risk to playing against the Colts right now, but we already had a positive um, team defense week from these Jaguars against the Colts. They allowed 15 points to them in the opener, sacked them four times, grabbed three takeaways. Four of five Jaguars opponents have been held to 20 points or less. Of course, most recently the Bills this past Sunday, and the Bills spent most of that game below 20 points. So it's been a, a decently good defense so far, and there's upside to the matchup with the Colts this week. For sure. You can check our updated week six rankings at defense and all the other positions to see who makes sense for your particular team this week. Our week six waiver wire pickups are live on DraftSharks.com to help guide you with picks, drop candidates, and to grab this guy across league formats. And of course, the free agent finder is going to be your top tool for finding exactly what's available in your league, exactly what makes sense for you, and exactly who you should drop from your current roster to pick that up. So use your free agent finder. If you haven't become a DS Insider yet, become one today so you can take advantage of it and win this week and win this season. 